Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. News Fighters host Dylan Bain here. Enjoying my summer break. I'm off on holidays at the moment, uh, searching for antique religious relics while dodging boulders and uh, battling Nazis, undoubtedly. Uh, now, uh, just because it's summer doesn't mean we don't have some great News Fighters content for you here from throughout the year that you might have missed. Now, you may or may not have heard, but uh, in the second half of this year, News Fighters was actually featured on 2SER Radio here in Sydney, where I did a weekly four-minute segment. Uh, some of the content was uh, in the regular episode and some of it wasn't. So I thought uh, just to um, play some stuff you may not have heard before, I'm going to play some of my absolute favorite two SER segments. Uh, they run about four minutes each. I'll just run a bunch back to back. Just recapping uh, some of the uh, funnier moments of 2021 you might have missed that got played on 2SER. Anyways, here we go. This is News Fighters. The news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. Welcome to News Fighters for today, Friday, the 10th of September, 2021. News Fighters is a quick and somewhat humorous look back at the week in news and politics in Australia, presented by me, Dylan Bain, the Ivermectin of news comedy. But first up, the absolute biggest story everyone in the media is talking about. Trouble in the temple. The monk caught shopping at Sexyland. It's a bad back, mum. A current affair tonight. I'm sorry, what? A current affair, even by your normal standards, which is just chasing dodgy tradies or shoplifters down the street, this is low. Now you're just chasing a, a shopper. What's next? A nun who went to Bunnings? A Pope getting a latte? Lift your game, a current affair. Of course, the real big news story this week was... The sluggish start to Australia's vaccine rollout could have been avoided after shock emails suggested the federal government delayed key meetings with Pfizer. Pfizer invited Health Minister Greg Hunt to discuss its vaccine with senior global executives. The invitation was declined. But don't worry, Scott Morrison assures us that he did everything he could to get more vaccines earlier. The Prime Minister was pressed about what efforts he went to to get more vaccines. Oh, every effort that we could. When asked what efforts were taken... No, I've answered the question. Well, I'm certainly convinced. Good job, everyone, and, and happy 12th week of lockdown to you, Prime Minister. 
Of course, you can trust Scott Morrison on vaccines. He knows the names of all of them. Do we have enough of the Pfizer to go around? Well, it's not just Pfizer. There's there's the AstraZeneca vaccine. There's the Pfizer vaccine. What? You already said Pfizer. It's a bit like saying uh, for dinner we're having vegetables and potatoes. Morrison also can't count percentages. We've gone past the halfway mark. 40% double-dosed. F- sorry, what? Last time I checked, 40% is not more than half. No wonder these guys are so bad at running the economy. They can't even count. Scott Morrison was also in the news this week for stuffing something else up. The Prime Minister has been forced to defend a quick dash home to Sydney from Canberra last weekend to see his kids on Father's Day. So why was Scott Morrison allowed to leave and then return to Canberra? He was given an exemption to enter lockdown Canberra by the Territory Government because he's an essential worker. Essential worker? No, I'm sorry, that's debatable at best. He's definitely not essential and I've never seen him do any actual work. He just seems to go on holidays all the time. Scott tried to offer up some empathy. I can understand people's frustration. Yeah, so why did you do it? Scott Morrison's the kind of a guy that if you were lost together in the middle of the desert, he'd drink the last drop of water from the bottle and say, uh, I understand you must be thirsty. Now, moving on to some good news. Three-year-old Anthony A.J. Elphalak, missing in bushland in the New South Wales Hunter region since Friday, is tonight back in his parents' arms. Yes, the little child lost in bushland has been found, but... It's not all good news. New South Wales Health has advised people who are involved in the search for missing toddler AJ Elphalak to get a COVID test and isolate. Authorities say there were people from LGAs of concern and fears there could also be exposure at a nearby monastery. Exposure at a monastery? Well, to me that sounds like it could be the fault of... The monk caught shopping at Sexyland. It's a bad back month. This is News Fighters the news so you don't have to yes g'day everyone welcome to news fighters for today the 17th of september 2021 news fighters is a debatably humorous look back at the week in news and politics in australia presented by me dylan bain the french submarine of news comedy but first the situation in our health system has deteriorated it is now so stretched there are plans to turn firefighters into paramedics if you call an ambulance during the peak of sydney's outbreak you might get a firefighter instead yes well potentially uh, bad news if you're having a heart attack or suffering from severe covid but uh, great news if you've still got a frisbee stuck up that tree Bring, your f- bring the ladder, fireys. Meanwhile, in Sydney weather news... Our hottest weekend since January has sent thousands to the beaches and the parks across the city. The eastern beaches of Sydney were packed. In the west and southwest, outdoor community pools remained closed. Yes, but even with the days getting hotter, Gladys insists there's no need to open the pools in Western Sydney. Can you open pools in southwest and Western Sydney? Look, there are very difficult decisions we have to take. There are waterways all across uh, Greater Sydney, all across parts of Sydney. Yeah, kids, there's waterways all across Sydney. Go go swim in that stormwater drain. Surely you've got a gutter nearby. Well, what could go wrong? And, and don't worry if you get stuck up on the roof. You can call an ambulance and the fireys will come and get you down. Also in Western Sydney news... Labor's decision to parachute the former Premier Christina Keneally into a culturally diverse seat in southwestern Sydney is threatening to cause a major split in the party. Meanwhile, Labor leader Anthony Albanese is like, well, you can't get more multicultural than Christina Keneally. I mean, she came from America, for goodness sakes. Christina Keneally was born in the United States, came to Australia and is another great Australian success story. Some others in the Labor Party weren't impressed. Labor MP Anne Ali 
has slammed her own party. Multiculturalism can't just be a trope that Labor pulls out and parades, uh, you know, while wearing a sari and eating some kung pao chicken to make ourselves look good. Come on, Anne, nobody looks good eating kung pao chicken. Trust me, I spill it everywhere. It's very messy. It'll go all over your sari. It's very spicy. You can't lick your fingers either. Finally to what news? Former Attorney General Christian Porter is up to his neck in trouble again tonight and he may not survive at this time. He's accepted piles of money from anonymous donors. Even millionaire former PM Malcolm Turnbull had a strong opinion on Christian Porter getting free money from God knows where. This is no better than a person wearing a mask, a hood over their head, walking into Mr Porter's office with a bag of cash and saying, here's a donation. Well, if the donor was wearing a mask, then we know it definitely wasn't Tony Abbott. For Tony Abbott, a trip to the beach has cost him $500 thanks to a bystander he's dubbed un-Australian after they snapped the former Prime Minister chatting to a friend without a mask. But I'm not going to challenge the fine because I don't want to waste the police's time any further. Yes, Tony Abbott, a man who stayed in Parliament for four years after he lost the job of Prime Minister, says he hates... Wasting people's time. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. G'day everyone, welcome to News Fighters for today, the 24th of September 2021. News Fighters is a kind of funny-ish look back at the uh, big news stories of the week. Presented by me, Dylan Bain, the ever-grand real estate company of Wacky Clips. First up, the biggest story in Australian earthquakes this week. Tonight, one of the largest earthquakes in years. The biggest earthquake in southeast Australia's history. Victoria experienced its strongest ever earthquake. The strongest earthquake on record hits Victoria. But how powerful was it? So powerful, it shook the earth. That's literally all earthquakes do. That's like saying a cyclone was so strong it blew wind. The earthquake was even felt all the way up here in Sydney. From Sydney to the central coast, the impact felt far and wide. Evacuations and cracking in high-rises. Cracking in Sydney high-rise apartment blocks? That's normally only ever caused by gravity or a light breeze. The earthquake damage in Melbourne appeared to be very widespread across one building. The magnitude 5.9 quake taking a wall to the ground at Betty's Burgers on Chapel Street. Advertising classic shakes, Betty's Burgers was served an almighty rumble. Betty's Burgers, Chapel Street, known for their authentic shakes, perhaps not like today's. Look, seriously though, jokes aside, Melbourne has been through a lot lately and uh, there might not have been much physical damage done by the earthquake, but... I feel the emotional impact could last for months to come. It's quite sad, really. Um, wondering when I'll be getting my burgers. Might be a while now. Meanwhile, our jet-setting Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, or Scott747, as I've unsuccessfully attempted to brand him, jumped to action from New York. I was being updated on the situation of the earthquake in Victoria. I'm pleased that overnight, and as further information has come in, the, the those events have been ended up being less serious than at first thought. What are you talking about, Scott? It's a disaster zone. There's one guy who can't even get his favourite burger. Quite sad, really. Now to overseas news. Britain's most famous ancient monument, Stonehenge, is set to undergo repairs for the first time in 60 years. Okay, hang on, wait a second. What the hell repairs does Stonehenge need? It's a bunch of giant rocks. 
It looks even more structurally sound than a Betty's Burgers, and it got struck by an earthquake this week. In election news, Russia had its parliamentary elections this week. These results on the government's website show 100.4% of those registered cast their vote, which is not possible. Yeah, not possible outside of Russia and maybe Belarus and a few other other countries. Meanwhile, Canada's election this week was also mired by allegations of vote buying. Polling stations will have COVID measures, including a new pencil for every voter. Free pencils for everyone? Wow, Canada really is socialism gone mad. Also in New York, the UN General Assembly sat this week and there were some unexpected guests. K-pop kings BTS take the floor at the UN General Assembly. Yes, Korean boy band BTS sang at the UN. Which is odd because I thought it was supposed to prevent crimes against humanity. Also at the UN, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson had a song in his heart. And when Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. It is easy. It's not only easy, it's lucrative and it's right to be green. Although he was also unnecessarily rude to Miss Piggy, I thought. Uh, Kermit the Frog. Yes, that's right. Boris Johnson quoting Kermit the Frog on the floor of the United Nations. And well, I don't know about you... But moments like that from our current crop of political leaders remind me of a completely different song from the Muppets. I hope that something better comes along. All right, that's the News Fighters headlines for today. Don't forget to listen to complete episodes on your podcasting app of choice or at youtube.com slash newsfighters. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod or at newsfighters.com. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. Welcome to News Fighters for today. Friday the 1st of October 2021. News Fighters is a humorous look back at the week in news and politics in Australia. Presented by me, Dylan Bain. The La Palma Volcano of news comedy. First up, the big news this week as New South Wales announces a roadmap that will hopefully get us out of our LGAs finally. The date is set. New South Wales to start reopening on the 11th of October. Sport, weddings, dancing, drinking, even just leaving your own LGA. Life begins at 80. Coincidentally, life begins at 80 is also going to be Joe Biden's re-election campaign slogan. There was one element of the reopening roadmap that the news media seemed particularly fixated on, though. See if you can spot it. Tonight, our journey back to freedom. Holidays, friends visiting, even standing up with a beer in the pub. Ten people will be allowed to visit a home. You can stand up and have a drink at the pub. And people will be able to stand up and drink at hospitality venues. Standing up to drink will be allowed inside. Coming soon to bars, standing while drinking. And indoors at the pub, you can stand while drinking. Yeah, that's right. No more sitting down and drinking like a complete loser. Of course, drinking and standing will only be available to the fully vaccinated, though it appears as though there may be one loophole for unvaccinated drinkers. Places of worship have rules of their own and the unvaccinated will be welcome. Which many hope will lead to churches having a happy hour after work on Fridays. Hope you like tiny cups of wine. So yes, Freedom Day is coming in three stages from October the 11th, but just don't call it Freedom Day. I'm not someone who's going to call 11th of October Freedom Day. But from her deputy, Freedom Day is only a couple of weks away. Yeah, those grabs from uh, Berejiklian and uh, Nationals leader John Barillaro there really seem to sum up the Liberal National Coalition well. Don't call it Freedom Day. I will. Okay. 
It's a bit like also how they handle the environment. We need to do net zero by 2050. No, you don't. Okay. Meanwhile, in Queensland, an outbreak there is putting the NRL grand final in doubt. Around 13,000 NRL fans have been shut out of Sunday's grand final in Brisbane because of new COVID-related restrictions. Yes, hard to believe, I know. An NRL game that sold more than 13,000 tickets. What's the new capacity going to be? Five? Six people? Now to financial news, and those debt and deficit liberals are at it again. Australia recording a $134 billion deficit, $80 billion better off than last year's forecast. Yes, our budget bottom line is $80 billion better off. Almost enough to pay for that uh, submarine bill we're about to be getting from the French, right, ScoMo? A defence contractor in France says it's sending you a bill for $66 billion. Do you intend to pay that? I think that's a rather extraordinary claim. Which coincidentally is also what we all say when we get that bill at the end of Yumcha that's way bigger than we anticipated. Why, $59 for some pork buns? I think that's a rather extraordinary claim. And finally in Sydney... Tap water news, I guess. Could Sydney ciders soon be drinking purified sewage water? Well, that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, us Aussies are already quite accustomed to consuming recycled sewage. Daryl and the gang are here. Hey, hey, it's 50 years, Sunday, October 10 on 7. This is News Fighters. We fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello, welcome to News Fighters, a somewhat humorous look back at the week in Australian news, politics and media, presented by me, Dylan Bain, the Joe Manchin of news comedy. But first up, it's a special day because today marks the end of Melbourne's sixth lockdown. Now, excited Melbournians are counting down to midnight for the start of Freedom Friday. The countdown to Freedom Friday. Freedom Friday. Yes, Freedom Friday. Of course, they had to do everything a bit more formally than us up here in Sydney, where we just called it... This morning, Freedom Day in Sydney. Finally, Freedom Day has arrived. Yes, so excited. Hip, hip, hooray. It's a Freedom Day. But of course, there was one place everyone wanted to head to on Freedom Day. As the clock struck midnight, Sydney's pub doors were thrown open. In fact, every man and his dog is here at the pub today enjoying the atmosphere. Who thought we'd be doing a live cross into the news to tell you that pubs are open and there are people inside? This is probably the best day of my life, I'm going to be honest, but... The best day of your life? It's good to be back. Is it good to be back? Bloody hell. And if you're wondering why everyone's going to the pub, well, supposedly it tastes better coming out of a dirty tap. Beers taste better on tap, so good to be back. Beer on top, it just tastes better. Ah, yes, great to be out of lockdown. Sorry, what, $11 for a schooner? I think I'll just get a six-pack and go sit in the park again like I did for the last few weeks. That was that was much cheaper. Yes, but it wasn't just the schooner glassware people were excited for. Cafes, pubs, clubs, restaurants are all open again, serving people inside. They're finally able to sit down and eat off ceramic plates again. Yes, that's right. A hundred days without ceramic plates. And don't I know it. This whole lockdown, I was eating uh, with my hands out of a hole in the ground. But it wasn't just the pub. People were also keen to get down to the shops and uh, buy some much-needed essential items. What are you looking to buy today? I'm just looking to buy everything, basically, because I'm here after four months. Yes, hello, shopkeeper. One of everything, please. And then this week, on October the 18th, when we finally reached 80% double-dose vaccinated, finally, 
Sydney Ciders got their culture back. Fully vaccinated Sydney Ciders finally able to savour a sip standing up. I think it's really a big part of our Australian culture to be able to stand up at a bar and have a beer. Yes, a part of Australian culture. France is known for its fashion, Italy for its Renaissance art, Denmark for its architecture and design. And, you know, in Australia, we're the home of drinking standing up. Put that on our tourist brochures for our next... uh, Tourism Australia campaign. You want culture? Come to Australia, the home of drinking standing up. What's that? You want to see the Opera House of the Great Barrier Reef? Nah, overrated, mate. Have you tried standing and drinking a VB? That's real Aussie culture right there. Meanwhile, the new New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, couldn't even get his head or tongue around the fact that pubs were reopening. Uh, he's just not um, opening for the uh, for the time since the pan- uh, we've been closed during lockdown. Speaking of state premiers, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan sent his congratulations to us in New South Wales on us uh, finally opening up after 100 days in lockdown. They're all getting excited about having a haircut and drinking a beer, whereas we've been able to have haircuts and drink beers uh, for a long period of time. Jeez, this guy. Can you imagine what kind of a condolence card Mark McGowan would write? Sorry, your wife died. Not sure why you're talking about it, though. My wife is still alive, and we can go to the pub and get haircuts whenever we like. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the News Fighters headlines for October the 29th, 2021. News Fighters is an at times humorous look back at the week in Aussie news and politics. Presented by me, Dylan Bain, the Barnaby Joyce of news comedy. First up... Tonight, finally, the plan to reach net zero by 2050. In an historic decision, the Nationals have agreed to a net zero emissions target by 2050. We'll say what you will. At least Scott Morrison finally got all the Nationals MPs to support the net zero policy, right? The Coalition's candidate in a key seat in Queensland says he will campaign against net zero... And Senator Matt Canavan has declared he will do the same. I am going to campaign against the policy, but I do support the election of a Liberal National Party government. National Senator Matt Canavan says he's going to campaign against the government policy, but campaign for the government. Oh, can't wait to hear his election ads. The Coalition's net zero plan is a bad plan that will cost jobs, cost taxpayers and hurt regional Australia. So this election day... Vote for the Coalition anyway. Authorised by Matt Canavan, the massive hypocrite. Okay, so on to the... Plan, 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 plan. It's not a plan. Scott Morrison unveiled on Tuesday. Uh, What were the policy details? But his plan is light on detail. It contains no new funding and relies on existing policies. Missing from the big announcement, though, the modelling on how to get there. And the the Deputy Prime Minister, Barnaby Joyce. All right, do us a favour. Please never mention the words Barnaby Joyce and modelling in the same sentence ever again. Okay, so no new policies, but surely there's going to be some new laws or legislation, right? The government has made clear it won't pass laws for the net zero target. And also no plan to legislate that target. It doesn't legislate them. I mean, if you want an idea of this government's screwed up priorities, they can't even be bothered making any legislation to stop the real and existential threat of climate change. But this week, found time to legislate against an entirely imagined threat that doesn't even exist. Voters could be forced to show identification in order to cast a ballot 
to the polls, part of a bill introduced to federal parliament today to counter fraud. This law is just going to disenfranchise people without IDs, like homeless people, indigenous people, my idiot friends who keep losing their wallets, and those bodybuilders in Bondi who keep turning up to vote in their budgie smugglers. You can't expect them to carry ID in their tiny little togs or forego a swim before they vote on election day, can you? Anyways, with such a lacklustre non-binding and easily dodged climate plan, opposition leader Anthony Albanese couldn't wait to tear it to shreds. The Seinfeld policy launch. All the build-up and then it was all about nothing. No new policy, net zero new policy, net zero legislation, net zero modelling. Seinfeld policy? What the hell are you on about, Albo? There was no build-up to Seinfeld. It was an underground sleeper hit that went on to be a massive success and defined television comedy for an entire generation. Jesus, if you're going to throw in a Seinfeld reference, you could have at least said the climate plan was all yada, 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 or it wasn't sponge-worthy, or the target had shrinkage, or the jerk store called and it wanted its climate policy plan back. Fire your joke writers. Of course, the international media gave our plan the exact reaction it deserved. The Prime Minister's long-awaited plan to get to net zero by 2050 has been slammed by the global media. CNN says it's the weakest climate pledge of any rich country going to Glasgow. Um, The New York Times says this plan is built on hope and little else. Well, I reject all of that. Ah, well, case closed then. Scott Morrison rejected the criticism, so the plan must be perfect. Case closed. Podcast over. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Yes, hello everyone, welcome to the News Fighters Headlines of the Week, presented by me, Dylan Bain, the cracked Inuit tram of news comedy. First up, it's getting towards the end of the year, which means it's beginning to look a lot like election season. We may yet be months away from a federal election, but it feels like campaigning is already in full swing in Sydney. A confident-looking PM continued his pre-election campaign blitz. Hitting the unofficial hustings again today. The PM's been cooking, (laughs) eating and posing for selfies. In an attempt to show how Australian life is finally returning to normal. Yeah, Scott Morrison there trying to look like life is returning to normal. (laughs) Just like me. I know I went out for a haircut last week with my uh, personal press pack of paparazzi photographers. You know, like a normal person. So the battle lines are being drawn for the next federal election, which is looking like it'll be in March or May of next year. And we can already see the themes... Uh, that the leaders are going to be running on. Labor loves interfering in your life. They love telling you what to do. We've had enough of governments telling people what to do. It's the Labor Party's policies, as I say. They just always want to tell you what to do because they love telling you what to do. The Labor Party loves telling people what to do and the only thing they like doing more than that is taxing them. Labor wants to tell you what to do. We don't want to tell them what to do. We want to support the decisions that they're making. Labor's all about telling them what to do. I mean, saying Labor likes telling people what to do after the last 20 months is a bit like a child saying, oh, you can't trust my sister. She'll eat all the cookies when they literally have a mouthful of stolen cookies. You're the man who literally shut down a group exercise class last year without even knowing what it was. Health clubs, fitness centres, yoga, uh, barre. I hope I've pronounced that correct. I might need some help with that. Um, I'm not quite sure what that is, to be honest, but... um All right, and over on the other side of politics, how's uh, Labor leader Anthony Albanese's attack lines coming along? This is a Prime Minister who has walked away from scrutiny. This is a Prime Minister who, on fundamental issues, 
hasn't been fair income with the Australian people. This is a government that is not fit for purpose for the 21st century. Yeah, hasn't really mastered the art of repetition, has he, old elbow? Maybe try uh, picking one and sticking with it, hey? Uh, Labor did nail ScoMo on this, though. Scott Morrison was himself a target today as Labor scrutinised his claim that he has never told a lie while in public life. You ever told a lie in public life? I don't believe I have, no. No. Yeah, that's what I believe to be true. And, and if, what, what are you suggesting? When, when do you think I did? Yes, that's right. Scott Morrison believes he has never told a lie in public life, which sounds like a lie to me. But if he does actually mean it, he could still be lying after all. He's just employing the uh, George Costanza defence. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> Thankfully, Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce was a bit more frank about if he'd ever lied. Probably. <laughs> and, and also, you no shame about that? Well, I, I don't know. If you ask me a personal question about my life, I don't have to give you the straight answer. Yes, you know, personal questions like, where'd your wife go? Who's this new young woman? Didn't she work in your office? How many kids do you have now anyway? And on a side note, while we're talking about Barnaby this week, the uh, COP26 conference, of course, uh, announced that uh, they're going to f- start phasing down coal. Uh, the world is going to work towards the phasing down of coal, which of course meant Barnaby Joyce was out spruiking it. The Nationals leader putting the coal back in the coalition. If the world's buying it, there's a market for it. Yes, Barnaby, but there's also a worldwide market for human slaves and black market organs, but Australia doesn't decide to trade in these things because they're evil. Mind you, if you feel like uh, selling your brain to a... black market uh, organ buyers overseas, go right ahead, because I don't think they'll have much interest in your liver. All right, thanks for listening to this summer repeat. I hope everyone's having a good summer. Just a reminder to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NewsFightersPod. You can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters, or you can uh, join our Patreon for bonus and early release episodes at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Also, sign up for our newsletter at newsfighters.com. Com. Hope you're having a good summer. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.